Good evening and welcome to NTD News. I'm Stephanie Cox. Here are today's top stories. President Biden tonight delivering his second State of the Union address to a divided Congress and nation. Analysis and what to expect in the speech that may serve as a blueprint for another presidential run. Two chief patrol agents were in the hot seat today. Lawmakers asked them tough questions about the crisis at the southern border. A Pentagon general claims his command failed to detect three Chinese spy balloons during the Trump administration. Trump's former national security advisor asks how they detected them now. And lawmakers on both sides detail threats from the Chinese Communist Party. This as classified briefings are coming to Congress on the Chinese spy balloon. And activists entered the Oklahoma State Capitol on Monday. They were protesting two bills that would limit access to sex-changing surgery. President Biden will address Congress and the nation tonight, and we'll be covering it closely. The White House says the president will outline a four-part unity agenda. We have NTD's congressional correspondent live on Capitol Hill. Melina, what can we expect from tonight's address? Well, we won't be expecting Speaker McCarthy to rip up President Biden's speech. Uh, we saw we saw that during the 2020 address when former President Trump gave that address and Pelosi, of course, ripped his speech up. McCarthy made a point today to say that he would not be doing this, saying that many people had been asking him about it. Now, Steph, this will be Biden's second State of the Union address, but his first address uh, talking to a divided Congress with Republicans now in control of the House. And to that tune, the White House says that he will be addressing a number of areas where both parties can come together, laying out a four-point unity plan. This is where he'll be talking about initiatives such as providing help for veterans, uh, a newly emerging topic, a bipartisan topic, how to address big tech. Specifically, Biden plans to talk about initiatives to help the youth with mental health illnesses that are stemming from indulging in social media, uh, the use of social media. So this, these are areas that will be received with bipartisan support, but where we can expect to see things uh, addressed that are not so bipartisan is how Biden talks about the nation's recovery, the economic recovery coming out of the pandemic. Here's Republicans' counter argument that we heard from a few of them earlier today. Obviously, Joe Biden's going to be spinning this. He's going to say, oh, we have a great economy recovering. Recovering from what, though? It's from the problems that the government created. Uh, What he's going to say is, look to the government. We're going to solve your problems. The problem is we should never turn to the government to solve the problems that the government created. Uh, One party believes that government is the solution. The other party realized that limited government is what this nation has been founded on and what our great hope is, is empowering people to be the most productive, to create jobs, to create opportunities that exist nowhere else in the world. We just went through the pandemic. It gave the government a great opportunity to seize control, to tell you when your business could be open or closed, how much you pay people, uh, whether they come to work or not. That is a fascist state by definition. When a government can tell private industry what to do with no due process, that is alarming. You know, he was handed a, a recovering economy anyway. And, and in just the short months that, that the Biden administration has, has taken over, look at what they've done. I mean, we went on a spending spree like you haven't seen before. We're $31 trillion in debt. 
And, and that has caused inflation in, in addition to the fact that we were energy independent, and so now we're back to energy dependent again. I think he can stand up there and tout to the cows come home. The American people see what's going on. I mean, they feel it in their pocketbook. They see it in everything that they buy. You know, they, they also see things like the border still wide open. You know, what have we had? Four and a half million people come across that border, sit down just so that they can receive free benefits from our country. Now, the American people are sitting there watching that. They see it every night. And I don't see how anything that President Biden says tonight is going to change what is actually the State of the Union. Uh, what he won't talk about, that he should talk about, is what's he going to do with the supply chain crisis? What's he going to do with, with foreign countries flying uh, balloons over our country as China did? What's he going to do with immigration? When's he going to shut the border? When's he going to let us become energy independent? What does he like about Venezuelan oil? and the 12 other countries that make up OPEC that are foreign countries that don't like us. What's he like about their oil more than America? So this is just a hint of the Republican messaging that we can expect to see once the GOP gives their official response after Biden's address. That will be given by uh, Sarah Sanders, former governor of Arkansas. Um, so overall, what we can expect to see from President Biden is a mix between highlighting his past accomplishments and sort of laying out a future blueprint for the next couple of year years or maybe even longer if he does decide to run again, which he has not yet made an official announcement for uh, running for 2024. Um, Although we will be listening for hints to see if he hints in that direction. Um, so that's something we will be listening out for. Now, as far as who will be here, Republicans have brought uh, a various different guests. A few Republicans have brought many on the front lines of the border crisis, such as uh, one representative, Michael Cloud from Texas, brought a sheriff along with him. As far as Democrats, they've brought a number of them actually have brought victims of police shootings and school shootings to sort of um, highlight what they see as the need for police and gun reform. McCarthy, notably, Speaker McCarthy will be bringing Ennis Cantor Freedom, an outspoken critic of the Chinese regime's human rights abuses. This is McCarthy's way of trying to highlight what he hopes is a bipartisan effort to address China over the next couple of years. So myself and our Capitol Report team will be providing special coverage of this address tonight. Tune in at 8 p.m. Eastern to see our key panelists break down issues facing our nation as well as lawmakers weighing in. Steph, back to you. Thanks, Melina. And earlier today, I spoke with the Heritage Foundation's counselor and spokesperson, Genevieve Wood, for her analysis of the State of the Union ahead of Biden's speech. Genevieve Wood, welcome to our show. Thanks so much for joining us. Good to be with you. Now, a big part of Biden's speech is expected to focus on the economy. Inflation is falling and the most recent jobs numbers were better than expected. And the president will likely credit some of that to the Inflation Reduction Act. But a recent CBS poll shows that Americans still think the economy is bad and a lot of economists have agreed with that. What's your take? Well, I think what most Americans are feeling, what you're seeing reflected in that poll, is that on average they've got over $6,000 less of spending power than they did when Joe Biden came into office. So if that, that says a lot, right? It's not just seeing the price of gas go up and fluctuate or the price of eggs, whatever the grocery store prices are. It's overall Americans have far less spending power than they did before. And so I know Joe Biden will talk a lot tonight about the most recent thing he thinks is wins, like the job numbers. But the reality is, 
more Americans are still not working than were working previous to him coming into office. The numbers we're seeing is because many Americans have decided just to give up and to stay home, whether it's to take paychecks from the government or just to not work at all. So those everybody can use numbers the way they would like to make it look good, but the reality is Americans are feeling like the economy is not working for them. And immigration is a, another big topic that many Americans are tuning in to hear about tonight. In his last State of the Union, Biden said that he wanted to secure the border. Yesterday, he said Vice President Harris is doing a good job at it. What's your assessment of the work that's been done so far? I don't know how you can say Vice President Harris, who was put in charge of the border and who has never been to the southern border, can possibly be doing a good job. She hasn't shown up for work, basically. Look, we've had over 4 million America, illegal immigrants come into this country on Joe Biden's watch. Uh, many Americans, not just in border states, are not only seeing the pictures on TV, they're seeing rising crime in their communities. And even more importantly, they're seeing and knowing of people who have either lost their lives or families that have been destroyed by the fentanyl crisis. That is coming across our border in droves. So it's not just illegal immigrants, it's the drug crisis, it's an increase in crime. And again, Americans know what's going on. You can spend it all you want from Washington, but people feel it, they see it, and they see the facts on the ground. And let's look at the Chinese spy balloon. Biden <laughs> could say that shooting it down shows that the administration is tough on China. But critics say there are still lingering questions about the Biden family's alleged China connections. Based on some recent polls, Americans in general seem to disapprove of Biden's handling of China issues. What are your thoughts? Well, I think there's a poll that came out even today saying that the majority over 60% of Americans don't agree with the way he handled the China spy balloon. Look, he does not look strong on the world stage, whether it was at the our disastrous uh, leaving of Afghanistan, uh, now what you're seeing with the Chinese spy balloon, we look weak. And again, it doesn't matter what talking points come from the press secretary at the White House, Americans can see what's going on, and you see that reflected in polls. And just a general sense, I mean, look, over, I think it was an NBC News poll earlier this week that said over 70% of Americans believe the country's on the wrong track. And that's a combination of what you're seeing on the international stage, the immigration problem, and what people are feeling with the economy. And Biden campaigned as a moderate on a promise to unite America. He just, just introduced a unity agenda ahead of his speech, which will focus on bipartisan issues such as ending cancer, supporting veterans. He signaled that he's willing to work with Speaker Kevin McCarthy on the debt ceiling. But just in the past year, he's attacked Trump supporters and Republicans in general in his speeches. What are your thoughts on that? And what should Biden do to unify the country? Well, I think Americans would like to see him be a uniter. They would like to find a cure for cancer. They would like to see the debt ceiling uh, issue solved and our debt that we're passing on to future gen generations brought down. But the reality is I can't point to one speech where President Biden actually didn't malign those I, not in his party and supporters of former President Trump. So I, he's not used unifying language. And again, I think the only thing he's unified people on is that we're not on the right track. I mean, that 70% number is not made up of all Republicans. Last time I checked, 70% of Americans weren't Republicans. So he's got a big problem with independence and even some people in his own party who don't want to see him run again. And it's because they don't believe the country's headed in the right direction. And finally, is there anything else that you think our viewers should know heading into the State of the Union address tonight? 
Well, I would encourage them not to just take what they hear for granted. Uh, as we know from this White House, for example, earlier this week, they said things like, well, this Chinese spy balloon, that, those things happened on President Trump's watch. But they have yet now been able to back up that accusation. So I would listen for what he says, but then I would make sure to check out networks like yours. I would encourage them to go to heritage.org at the Heritage Foundation, where we're going to be fact-checking all night the statements being made by the president. Great. Thank you so much. Genevieve Wood, counselor and spokesperson at the Heritage Foundation. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. And next, with Republicans in the majority of the House, one of the first issues they're looking at is the crisis at the southern border. A chief patrol agent testified today that the situation at the border is overwhelming. NTD's Jason Perry has that story. Jay Johnson, the Secretary of Homeland Security under President Obama, once said that 1,000 apprehensions per day overwhelms the system. In 2019, he said, and I quote, I cannot begin to imagine what 4,000 a day looks like. In one of the first major hearings of the year, the House Oversight Committee brought in two chief patrol agents to gather facts about the border crisis. Uh, under the current situation, would it be possible for foreign intelligent assets to penetrate the United States' interior? All I can tell you is that it is a tremendous concern that anyone anyone goes through the border undetected, but the reality is we know there are, there are people that are getting by. Chief Patrol Agent Gloria Chavez said a border wall would help secure the border and allow agents to maximize their coverage elsewhere. Now, aside from that, a barrier is very useful because it also manages flow and it directs flow into other locations where we can more effectively make an interdiction and more effectively make an arrest. Chavez was also asked about former President Trump's Remain in Mexico policy, also known as Migrant Protection Protocols. It required asylum seekers to remain in Mexico to wait for their asylum hearing. During my time in El Paso, we had the Migrant Protection Protocols um, and they were effective during the years that I was a chief in El Paso. So they, it were, helped, they were effective. It helped manage capacity Thank at you. the facility. Under the Biden administration, migrants are now allowed to wait in America for their asylum hearing, which is usually scheduled about four years later. Some lawmakers at the hearing say the crisis at the border is because America needs immigration reform. There is a crisis at the border, but the crisis is not a criminal one. It's a humanitarian one. The political problem is that when it comes to working out common sense immigration policy solutions, Republicans driven by the extreme MAGA wing of their party have been systematically thwarting and derailing comprehensive efforts to improve our immigration system and strengthen border enforcement. Jason Perry, NTD News. On Monday, a Pentagon general said three other suspected Chinese spy balloons flew over the U.S. during the Trump administration. But they weren't detected because of a, quote, domain awareness gap. NTD's Arlene Richards reports. After a U.S. Air Force jet shot down a suspected Chinese spy balloon on Saturday, Republican lawmakers criticized President Biden for not shooting it down before it traveled across the U.S., saying it showed a sign of weakness. But on Monday, Pentagon General Glenn Van Herc, the commander responsible for providing air and missile defense, said three Chinese spy balloons came into U.S. airspace during the Trump White House, but they were undetected. He said during an off-camera briefing that his command didn't detect balloon threats under the Trump administration due to a, quote, domain awareness gap. He declined to go into further detail. 
A senior administration official told CNN on Sunday that the three balloons were detected after former President Trump left office. Trump responded on Truth Social. He said no balloons from China flew over the United States in any way, shape or form while I was president. If they did, we would have shot them down immediately. Trump's former national security advisor said on Monday he was stunned by what the Biden administration is saying. One official told Fox News that the balloons went undetected, undetected, and then said two things can be true at once. This happened and it wasn't detected. Well, if it wasn't detected when it happened, how did we detect it more recently? Did the Biden administration invent a time machine? He said several Trump officials have said they didn't know anything about it. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said Biden told the intelligence community to increase efforts to detect Chinese spying. While Democrats and Republicans sparred over whose administration had a balloon first, the Chinese regime issued a veiled threat. Foreign Ministry spokesperson Mao Ning said on Tuesday that Beijing would resolutely safeguard its legitimate rights and interests over the downing of the balloon. China claims it was a civilian balloon used for meteorological research. Mao reiterated that the unmanned airship posed no threat and entered U.S. airspace accidentally. Arlene Richards, NTD News. Some rare bipartisanship. Lawmakers on both sides coming together today sounding the alarm on threats posed by Beijing. This as classified briefings are scheduled on the Chinese spy balloon. NTD's Iris Tao has more. As the spy balloon incident draws scrutiny over Beijing, Congress today held two hearings, both focused on China, the first one on Beijing's threats to U.S. national defense. And Republicans and Democrats give the same stern warnings. China is the most challenging national security threat America has faced in 30 years. If we fail to acknowledge that and take immediate action to deter it, the next 30 years could be devastating for our nation. War with China is not inevitable. And the balloon drawing attention in another hearing, this one on China's economic threats. The actions of the Chinese Communist Party last week serve as a clarifying moment. China is not an ally or a strategic partner. The White House has been defending Biden's decision to hold off and grounding the balloon until it was over the Atlantic. But a Democratic lawmaker said this at one of the China hearings. I love the president, but this move not to bowl down that balloon sends a powerful message to both our enemies and our friends, and they got us on this one. Both the Senate and the House are scheduled to get classified briefings on Thursday about the Chinese spy balloon. That briefing was going to be the Gang of Eight, but Lots of members wanted it. They were entitled to it. So I requested that it be expanded to the whole Senate, and the administration agreed. Schumer asked that the briefings will cover not just the balloon, but a wide range of issues, including China's surveillance capabilities, advanced weapon systems, and things that could allow either side to have an upper hand in the case of a conflict. Reporting from Washington, D.C., Iris Howe, NTD News. Conservative figures are reacting after transgender activists protested inside the Oklahoma State Capitol yesterday. They were protesting two bills that would limit access to sex-changing surgeries. Transgender activists entered the Oklahoma State Capitol on Monday. They were protesting two bills that would limit access to sex-changing surgeries. Nick Camper, a reporter for local news channel KFOR, posted videos of the protests. In this one, you can hear people chanting, Trans Lives Matter. 
The bills they were protesting would ban both sex-changing surgeries. One bill would ban surgeries for people under the age of 26, while the other bill would ban it for minors. The demonstration happened while Oklahoma's governor delivered his State of the State address, in which he addresses transgender issues. That's why I'm calling for the legislature to send me a bill that bans all gender transition surgeries and hormone therapies on minors in the state of Oklahoma. Some are now comparing yesterday's events to January 6th in D.C. two years ago. Donald Trump Jr. tweeted, I guess it's not an insurrection if Trans Lives Matter takes over and occupies the Oklahoma Capitol. Apparently the best part of equality is not having to abide by the same rules as others. Conservative commenter Ben Shapiro said, remember folks, it's a dangerous insurrection when Trump supporters do it. Others point out that there was no damaged property or injuries. Local media KFOR reports that security staff were in communication with the protest leaders and that state troopers blocked the entrance to the House chamber. According to their report, officers let the demonstrators into the building. Each had to go through a metal detector and they dispersed shortly after the speech. NTD reached out to the governor's office for comment but didn't immediately hear back. Coming up, rescuers race against the clock to find remaining survivors in freezing conditions after two huge earthquakes hit Turkey and Syria. In the NBA, LeBron James is hot in pursuit of the league's all-time scoring record and ticket prices are soaring. That and more coming up. Turkey's president has declared a state of emergency in 10 provinces after the deadliest quake in over 20 years hit on Monday, followed by a second one just hours later. So far, the disaster is thought to have killed more than 7,000 people, leaving a trail of destruction across southern Turkey and neighboring Syria. The day after two earthquakes struck Turkey and neighboring Syria, the scale of the disaster is becoming more apparent. Turkish authorities say it's affected over 13 million people in an area spanning almost 300 miles. Thousands killed and tens of thousands injured or left homeless. Buildings toppled, hospitals and schools wrecked. Some areas now without fuel or electricity. Rescuers race to find survivors in the rubble. Temperatures below freezing, along with snowfall and aftershocks, impede their efforts. Many families now face having lost everything, forced to sleep outside in the middle of winter. It's now a race against time. This family have only a bonfire as protection against the snow. Two of their youngest members are still buried under the rubble. They say no one came to help them and that they've been forbidden to intervene. If this was Bingo province, this building would have already been searched. There's not even a single person here. We're under the snow, without a home, without anything. Aid officials voice particular concern about Syria. It's already suffering a humanitarian crisis after nearly 12 years of civil war. Many there were living in buildings already damaged by military bombardments. The death toll looks set to rise considerably. It's feared thousands of children may have been killed. Turkish President Tayyip Erdogan imposed a state of emergency in the region for three months. 
The current situation requires us to take extraordinary measures. We declare our 10 provinces where the earthquake took place as disaster zones. The government plans to open up hotels in the tourism hub of Antalya, to the west, to house people temporarily. And our thoughts go out to those suffering from the quake, and we'll keep you updated on that story as it progresses. Now, over to sports news. Here's NTD's Dave Martin with today's top stories. Thank you, Steph. LeBron James and the Lakers play tonight with history possibly in the making. James is just 36 points away from passing the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and becoming the league's all-time leading scorer. Now, LeBron has only led the league in scoring one time in his previous 19 seasons. That was in 2008 when he averaged an even 30 points per game. Meanwhile, a rare chance to see history has driven ticket prices way up. Two courtside seats for tonight's game in LA recently sold online for $24,000 a ticket. Other seats are on sale on Ticketmaster for a jaw-dropping $180,000 for a courtside pair, including fees. Now, should LeBron fall short tonight, the Lakers play at home again Thursday night against Cream's first team, the Milwaukee Bucks, where the same pair of tickets are available for just over $240,000. And in the world of surfing, American surfer and former national champion Bethany Hamilton says she won't compete at future World Surf League events if they uphold their new policy on transgender athletes' participation. The policy requires males who identify as females to be at a certain testosterone level for at least 12 months before competing in the women's division. Hamilton, a Christian who lost her arm in a shark attack when she was 13, asked in an Instagram video, quote, is a hormone level an honest and accurate depiction that someone indeed is a male or female? Is it as simple as this? Meanwhile, the WSL says the change was to align with Olympic guidelines. And for your sports viewing schedule tonight, the NBA has six games on tap. And besides LeBron and the Lakers in action, two-time reigning MVP Nikola Jokic and the West leading Denver Nuggets host the Minnesota Timberwolves. And finally, for you hockey fans, the NHL also has six games going on featuring the defending champion Colorado Avalanche playing at the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that's it for your sports news today. Steph, back to you. Thanks, Dave. And that's all for today's news. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Stephanie Cox. Good night.